0: both in the flesh and in the spirit hallelujah. <laughs>
1: hallelujah.
0: hallelujah we praise God for the grace he's given us the grace he's given us hallelujah, hallelujah. and for the privilege and opportunity to participate in this conference I'm excited hallelujah,
1: hallelujah.
0: because I know you're going to be blessed Yeah. Going to be blessed your name be exalted father thank you thank you for the privilege to partake in the grace of our lord jesus christ thank you for this conference and thank you that there is illumination everywhere everyone who is connected and who is hearing is blessed Thank you for the ample and the bountiful supply of the spirit blessed holy spirit thank you we honor you father in jesus name the son of god hallelujah Amen. all right sit so in conference hallelujah, hallelujah. it's so nice I love the ten-seed sewing because it's scriptural, hallelujah. hallelujah, and it's so nice. And if you have revelation, you'll be smiling as I'm smiling, because this thing is beautiful. So many people wonder why we should talk about money in the church. <laughs> why should we talk about money in the church? It's because Jesus spoke about money. Hmm. It will surprise you. It it will surprise you to know that. Now, it will surprise you to know that there are five hundred verses in the Bible that addresses prayer, but there are two thousand three hundred verses in the Bible that addresses money. (laughs) So, so it's very important. it's very (laughs) salient yeah not only so now ask any scholar of the bible he will be shown that in Jesus' ministry Jesus spoke about many many subjects in his earthly ministry for information he spoke about money more than any other subject when you walk on the earth Jesus' this ministry? You can you find out. <laughs> I'm telling you. So statistically, 15% of his message centered on money. Now Jesus spoke 39 parables. 15, he spoke 39 parables. 11 out of the 39 was about money. So of all the parables, 40% of the parables addressed finances. Please, are you here with me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very important. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is that if God has nothing to say about your money, what it means is that a large part of your life will not be controlled by him. Yeah, because we use money every day. As a matter of fact, your money, is, your money represents your education, your strength, your time, your talent, your skill. Your money represents all of these. (laughs) I'm telling you. If you work five hours a day, it means that for five days you are working 40 hours. And that's evidenced by the money you receive at the end of the month. And the reason you are receiving the money is because of your years of education, trying to get a bachelor's degree. Many Many years in school, your, the time, your effort at work, everything is for you to get money, is that not so? Yeah. yeah. So your money represents so many things. So if God has nothing to say about your money, the truth is that it means that a large part of your, of your life will not be under his control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's very important. That's why evidently Jesus says that for where, where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also in Matthew 6. 21 implying that if you want to see where a man's heart is follow his money follow his money and you see where his heart is (laughs) glory to god hallelujah all right all right i like the term seed sowing i like the term because it's a scriptural it's a scriptural and the money you give to God or the man you plant the bible has called it seed have you ever thought of it why is it called seed seed because a seed actually is a life principle the life containing elements of anything is in a seed A seed actually is a life-carrying element. Listen, if man has no, if there's, if man has no seed, the human race would have been extinct. If plants if, if the plant produces no seed, if there's no seed in the plant, would have been hungry. Hunger and starvation would have killed all of us. Because the seed principle is a life-containing element of anything. So whether the human life or the plant life, the life principle begins with the seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what God has ordained even for the believer. The seed in your hand is for continuity of life and the multiplication of life. Just imagine if there is no seed, what will happen? The reason why God gives you a seed is for your own life. He gives you the seed for you to plant because that is for the sustenance, the continuity, and the multiplication of life. And I wish believers would know this principle and how it works. Many people receive money and they squander it. They don't know they are squandering their life. (laughs) Whenever God gives you money, See, there is food in the money and there is seed in the
1: money.
0: I normally use this example. You have, you, have, you have an apple. You eat the fruit, but you you don't eat the seed. The fruit is sweet but the seeds are bitter. Make sure you don't you don't eat your seed. <laughs> because your seed is for the continuity of your life. You see, you may have What God has for his children is big, but most of the times we don't fully see it. Actually, your prosperity is beyond your work or your job or your employment. What you do as your job is your contribution to the society. (laughs) But your prosperity, the principles are in the word. You begin life, of course, you receive your monthly salary. It keeps you. But as you grow in the word, you realize that there's a principle God has ordained for us. That if we plug into that covenant, that principle, I'm telling you, you go beyond your monthly salary. And that's the seed principle. You are so sustained by the seed principle, not by your monthly salary. Your work is your contribution to society, not for your prosperity. Your prosperity is in the seed principle. Is a life-containing element of anything. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the seed is very vital. Very important. So I'm just excited. Because we are going to sow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let me read something from Leviticus 11, verse 36. Leviticus 11, verse 36. Leviticus 11, verse 36. Nevertheless, a fountain or a pit wherein there is plenty of water shall be clean, but that which toucheth their shall be unclean. Verse 37. And if any part of their carcass fall upon any sowing seed which is to be sown, it shall be clean. <laughs> now, <laughs> Hallelujah! Now you see, in the Old Testament, if there is any carcass, if you touch any dead anything that is dead or dead animal, you become unclean. In fact, you are unclean. But the Bible says that if that dead animal touches a seed that is to be sown, the seed is clean. <laughs> you know why? Because death cannot overcome resurrection life. Resurrection life is stronger and more powerful than death. Life in the seed defies death. Now, I told you that life principle is in the seed. The seed is life carrying and life containing element. There is life. So, when you hear of seed, it's life. You're speaking of life, that undergoes through perhaps a death process and lives and survives, it's life. So that which is cor- corrupt- corruption, decay, death, cannot overcome the life in the seed. Do you know why, scripturally, the Bible calls you're giving seed? Because it has life. There is the life element in what you give, <laughs> and it is in multiplic- it multiplies and it continues. It's amazing. Your giving can defy the law of death and corruption. I remember there is this woman. I used to go to her house when I was young in Cape Coast. She was a political figure, actually, and she was dying out of cancer. The doctors couldn't do anything. But she rose up, she was miraculously miraculously raised. And people were wondering how possible, how possible. She shared her her own testimony that while she was lying on a deathbed hoping to die, an angel appeared and an angel brought a scroll or something, a writing, showing her her giving, the money she has given. And so as a result of this giving, her death is canceled. And she rose up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. One day, Ken Higgins, all the money he had, God said, there's a minister who will just come to your, to, to, to your, to your church. He will just come and talk to you. Everything, what you have, give it to him. He struggled, but he did, he did so. After some months, he went to the hospital to pray for a sick person. As he got there jesus says said don't pray for the don't pray for her the person was given up to die but hagen got there and jesus said don't pray for her don't say anything don't lay hands don't confess don't say anything just tell her jesus christ has healed you so hagen got to the hospital and said ma'am jesus christ has healed you the woman stood up and walked away meanwhile she was given up to die and hagen said when she walked out of the hospital Jesus spoke to him and said the Holy Ghost said if you had not given if if you had not given as I told you to give I couldn't have used you this way as I wanted to use you (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) so what giving does is so profound and so wide because there's life there's life in the seed there's sustenance in the seed And and I like how Psalm 126 describes it. It describes, the description there is a, it is designated precious seed. Psalm 126, he that goeth forth and weepeth. Bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bearing sheaves with him. Hallelujah. Psalm 126, verse 6, yeah. He that goeth forth and weepeth. You know what it means? Now It's telling us what the seed can do. He that goeth forth and weepeth. There are many people who are weeping because of their condition. Things are not working. Their job is not working. Their marriage is not working. Their school is not working. Nothing works. So you are weeping because of your condition. Weeping and weeping and weeping. But the Bible says that. In the midst of the tears and the weeping, if you can find precious seed. <laughs> now, this time, not just seed. Precious. Why, why is it called precious seed? Because it is precious. <laughs> because it cost you precious seed. You bear it. You give it to God. The Bible says you would doubtless come back. Doubtless. So, in the midst of your tears, weeping, I had a testament from Pastor Chris I, I, I was amazed what he was saying he said a man came to him, he was going to die he had HIV, eight, and the man, see, the man was nearing the grave so he said he has done everything nothing was working and Pastor Chris said he's looking at him he realized, he, he realized the man didn't want to leave he's not serious enough he said you must give to God it's a work for you the man was wondering what he should give but Pastor Grace never said anything. He said in his in his mind, "You can't you give your nice car to God." No, he wasn't demanding for himself. He said, "If you die, the car will still be there, and someone else will use it." <laughs> so I was, I said, "The man has seen something because it happened to him. <laughs> it happened to him." What it means is that you see, the grace of God is so multifaceted; it's a vast array. Sometimes you don't know what you can tap in to bring the blessing. But giving gives you all grace. I'll come to it later. All grace. I'll come to it later. Glory to God. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. It's precious seed. The Bible says you will doubtless if you believe the word. Take the word as it is. So whatever you have been weeping about or crying, 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 precious seed will not fail. The Bible said so. It is a life carrying element, the seed, and it to defy every death and every corruption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see what Paul said concerning seed in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's read verse 9. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remained forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Now, that's what your seed does. He calls your giving seed. Seed. Now, this is different from tithe. This is different from almsgiving. You see, tithe is different. Tithe is a must given is for the poor. Aha. Uh-huh. There's also the dynamics of first fruit. But seed sowing is special. There's what tithe does, there's what almsgiving does, and there's what seed sowing does. Seed sowing is special. And that's what you are talking about. Now, in this verse, when you sow the seed, look at the blessing. Number one, the Bible says that Now, you know what God will do? It's in a verse. He will give you bread to eat. Now, when you sow seed, God will give you bread to eat. Now, you should understand that when the Bible says bread, it's not talking about bread in the oven. (laughs) Bread in the Bible stands for nourishment. That means that all that you need for your life will come back to you. You will get all that you need for your life. God will give you bread. You plant a seed, God will give you bread. You will get back all you need for your life. You think it is gone. No, it is not gone. The seed you planted is not gone. You will get back all you need for your life. And God will... Not all. The Bible says he will multiply the seed. You know what it means? What a blessing. You you gave one seed. You gave a seed. But out of the seed you gave, the Bible tells us that God will give you bread out of it. That means that all that you need for your life your sustenance will come to you but that's the first blessing and secondly you gave a seed but God will multiply the seed soon that means that you have more to sow the next time (laughs) so if last year what you you sowed what you sown for the conference for the ministry let's say it was thousand Ghana City that means that this year you can do two thousand Ghana City (laughs) but God multiplied the seed soon that was next year to be 3,000 or more. That is the principle. Every addicted, consistent sower lives. That's how he lives. The greatest seed I've ever sown in my life is this year. <laughs> Every year is the greatest seed. I recall the greatest seed I've ever sown in my life. There is not a better sowing because it's against the principle of the Bible. Aha. Uh-huh. The seed I sowed last year, the greatest seed in my life I sowed last year was better than the previous year. In fact, 2000 and the previous year, 21, 20, 2019, the seed I was going to give, it was so big for me. I've never seen that seed before. I was so happy and I was, I was going to give. And as I lay down, I heard a voice speak to me and the voice said, on the way to a mighty victory. Wow! I was so I, I was rejoiced. I couldn't just wait to go and give. <laughs> then by the next year, by the next year, what I gave was ten times more than what I gave the previous year. <laughs> so that was the biggest seed in my life. <laughs> yes. And what I gave this year made nonsense, what I gave last year. (laughs) I'm telling you because I know what it does. Ah, I know what it does. I know what it does. So, literally, what we spend, little by little, we cut off so many things just for that seed. I'm talking about my own life. I can talk to you because this is live economy hallelujah yeah. yeah cut off cut off so many things because i had my eye i know what the seed would do so i look so it is birth out of revelation i look to what i look for it with joy now it's different from almsgiving after giving. i do it every week it's consistent we're always giving to the poor it's weekly and people's needs it's weekly weekly People's needs—it's like it's part of the ministry. <laughs> Every other day, <laughs> uh-huh. we've gone beyond believing for ourselves by believing for others. Uh-huh. But there's a special seed you plant into it, like like this seed sowing conference. You start planting into it from January. Yeah. That's what is done. That's what is done. The seed I spoke to you about—I didn't plan that same month. I. Oh. No. I plan to sow the seed. First of all, it was six months. So it was consistent. Because it, 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 it wouldn't just come from heaven and you catch it to go and sow. No. You plan. You look for it. You plan. Okay. The seed sowing conference is, is in which month? This month is what? July. July. You begin from January. You put something down. You put something down. Letter by letter. By the time you come to July, what you get to sow, you'll be you be surprised. And that's what God will do to you. He'll cause men to plan consistently for you. Wow. <laughs> so me sowing that seed, that's what I did. I don't have it there to go and sow that kind of seed. where? where but I don't have it there. <laughs> so I plan and save to sow. Yeah, plan, 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 plan. I don't have a day. Plan, plan, plan. Uh, by the time it got there. When I get to the man of God, he, he, he wept. Wow.
1: <laughs>
0: he told me since nobody has done that in his life before. Uh, because consistently. Consistency. Plan, uh, you plan. plan. Because this is, this is the secret. I realized that uh, Now I want to get into. Now, uh, one day I sat down and I told myself. All this is part, not part of the message. But I'm sure I'm led by God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, okay, okay. I sat down and said, ah. so I'm always receiving 50 Ghana, 30 Ghana, 40 Ghana. When at all will like i go into thousands. And I realized that if I don't start sowing that seed, I'll never get there. I started and I got there. And I asked myself that and I was calculating, look at like my age. <laughs> how I want God to use me to bless my generation. Look at what I'm getting. When at all will I get beyond ten thousands Because I've looked for it, it's never coming. Whilst I'm waiting on God, not knowing God was waiting on me. <laughs> but how can I get those amounts to, to, to plant? Given that because if we're waiting for a seed to drop to plant, sometimes before the seed comes, there's a whole lot of list things to do. <laughs> and do this for your wife, do this for your children, do so many things. Okay. So I need to plan and take some out a certain percentage monthly. It got there, planted it, planted it, planted it. Now I saw myself there. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> that is how to get to that next phase you have been believing for. It works. The Bible said, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Ah, this is a principle. So this thing is joyful. This thing, ah. So if I were you, next year, huh, the least I'll start planning is January. Yeah. Yeah. Look, your giving will bless lives. Men will be awakening to God and start loving God because of your giving. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Do you remember Deuteronomy 8, 8 verse 18? But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God because it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth or to create wealth to the end that he may establish the covenant. Hallelujah, which is his swore unto the fathers. Now, what is that power? That power is seed power, and that covenant is the covenant of righteousness. Now, if you take your part in a covenant, ah, the power for wealth creation will come. Because covenant is always two sided; He does His part, you respond. I <laughs> understand this. We have not used that covenant so much as a church, the body. Do you remember that one day Jesus Christ our Lord, a woman followed him? He was a Syrophoenician woman. And the woman was saying that, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Jesus bring my gentleman here. Jesus said, It is not meet to take the bread of the children and to cast it to the, the dogs. Then the woman was smart. The woman said, Truth, true, oh Lord. Oh. But the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Why? Because Jesus came primarily to the Jew, not to the Gentiles. And she was of the Gentiles. So she wanted to partake of what was given to the Jew. The Jew were given the bread at the master's table. Jesus called her dog because dog would the Gentiles. So by revelation, she got to know that, no, dogs eat the crumbs. So what came to the Jews at least? The surplus will fall to the Gentiles. Because Jesus' first ministry was, he came as a minister to the circumcision. He came to the Jews. But at least there was some surplus to the Gentiles, (laughs) like the centurion. (laughs) Some people received blessings of health and healing. But what about now? Listen, the Bible says, who, who is the seed of Abraham? The covenant was made with Abraham and his seed. Understand that the seed is not as of many, but as of one, which is Christ. And if ye be Christ, ye are Abraham's seed. This, the spiritual seed of Abraham are those who have believed, who walk in the steps of the faith that Abraham had. So, walking in the footsteps of Abraham brings you to become the seed, makes you the seed of Abraham. It is by faith. We who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So, we are part of the covenant through believing, true or false look, Jesus called the, man, the woman with the hunchback the daughter of Abraham Jesus never called any woman when she came daughter of Abraham why? because she believed because she believed it's not just a descendant of Abraham daughter of Abraham because she believed now, today we can say that we, have the, we, we are those who are seated at the master's table to partake of the bread the crumbs now goes to the Jews. today you know why? Because we have believed, they have not believed. Uh-huh. We are the seed of Christ, spiritual seed, but they are the natural descendant. But why is it that the natural descendants seem to be more blessed than us who are the main seed? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Listen, this, this didn't works so for your information. Listen, in America, America the Jews mix, make up only 2% of the American population. Out of 300 million, the Jews are only 6 million. Yet, one-third of the multimillionaires in America are all Jewish. Two <laughs> percent. Yet, one-third of the multimillionaires in America are all Jewish.
1: Amazing.
0: The question is Why? Now, according to Forbes, the 40 richest in America, 45% of the 40 40 richest in America are all Jewish. Can you just imagine? What is the secret? (laughs) What is the secret? It's amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Jews are blessed everywhere. I remember you know, years ago when they migrated, when they, got, they left Europe to America in 1885, they began to settle in America. It was said that in New York alone, New York had 240, 240 cloth factories. 340 cloth factories. All over. All over. 98% belong to the Jews. Nobel Nobel Prize winners. Of all Nobel Prize winners in America, 25% are Jewish. Yet they form the minority. Now, in New York alone, it was said that the percentage of percentage of dentists in New York of, 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 of all the percentage, how do you call it? The Jews form, the Jewish dentists form 64%. Talk about medical doctors, the Jews forms 65%. And on and on we go. Now there's something called benefactor hundred. That is the top hundred philanthropists. <laughs> Who have given and given and given the top the first top 100 philanthropists now of the top 100 philanthropists 35 are jews
1: wow.
0: <laughs> 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 hallelujah now what's the secret why why all of these things why why If you have heard of what is called the United Way annual campaign, normally companies have campaigns to raise money to help the poor and the needy. Yeah. There is this company, they were hoping to have 3.5 billion. The Jews there only form 2%. And every year they give 1 billion. (laughs) Now, if you go to the Jewish synagogue, they don't have to pay for money. They have so much that they have beyond what they need, because you see, the believer is ambivalent concerning wealth. That's not a Jewish mind. When they are growing, they are taught how to partake of the covenant, and they believe that the Jewish mind believes in prosperity. The Christian mind is ambivalent concerning it, and they are not selfish with their prosperity. If you live in Jewish community, they care for everyone in fact when you read the Talmud and the Mishnah these sacred Jewish writings the Talmud says that poverty causes transgression and they also say that poverty is worse than 50 plagues in reference to the plagues that came on Egypt poverty is worse than 50 plagues (laughs) and according to the Jewish Mishnah Where there is no flower, there is no Bible. Where there is no flower, there is no Bible. (laughs) That means that where there is Bible, there is abundance. That's the meaning. And they are givers. Go and learn about the history, how they give. Great, great givers. Because of that, the covenant that belongs to us, we are the first partaker of the covenant. They are now being blessed more. Because we're not taken apart in the covenant. Seed power. So to me, I think this is a great, great opportunity. This time, must, this time must come to you by revelation. Sometimes it takes a long time for you to be convinced. Like it happened to me myself. It, it's amazing. Listen, I was a preacher, but my, my pocket was empty. It's almost like there were holes in my pocket if there's something I've suffered in my life is hunger and poverty I'm telling you <laughs> one day I went to preach one day I went to preach somewhere I remember it was Tama, New Town, Tama New Town and as I was sitting there the choir was singing I was off I was thinking about my, about my own miseries hunger because as I was sitting there I was thinking about how I was going to walk back home yeah, because in case, they, they give me nothing. And most of the times, it, it was happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, uh, <laughs>
0: sometimes, yeah, I go and preach. They give me an envelope. One day I went to preach. They give, they give me an envelope. I took my guys. went went to sit in a, a, a restaurant, ordered for drinks, and ordered for the food. They bought the drinks, but before the food came, before we opened the drink, I said, oh, let me see how much is given. When I opened, it was letter of appreciation.
1: <laughs>
0: letter of appreciation. I went preaching and I'll, I'll, I'll get to Kaneshi. Then I have to walk to Sakomono. Because there's no money. So either I beg someone in the trotro, Yeah. There are many times I'll sit in the trotro and ask the person, say, there's nothing in my pocket, you have to help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> Those things. I'm, I'm telling you. There are some I cannot share now in this season. (laughs) For security, (laughs) I'm telling you. So, hunger stricken. Wake up in the morning. When I was staying with thought I was going for prayer, uh, um, um, done prayers. No, I was searching from gatha to gatha to get money. Gatha to gatha. If I could get some coins so we can survive on. So, all of this, so Daddy, I was, I was about to preach. Can you imagine? And I was just down, sorrowful. I could go and sit at a corner and sing songs of sorrow. Sorrowful songs. Not scary, gospel songs, so sorrowful songs. So as I was sitting down in that church at Temanue Town, I bowed down my head this way. I was just, I was teary. I said, why? Why? Whilst my heart was crying, Lord, why? I saw Claire words. Why owe you? You give. I said, ah, if I have money. <laughs> what are you saying? How can I give? there's something to give so what should I give you give you see the Lord spoke to me earlier man of God I remember 1998 1999, I, 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 1998 we have left school and I was in a room a classroom lying down I had a voice speak to me sacrifice the offering of giving I didn't understand I didn't do it 99 another voice came if you give I will deliver you when the powers of darkness show up said how can this be scripture i didn't know (laughs) i didn't do it i believe if i had done those things all what i went through yeah but there was no interpreter one among a thousand (laughs) today i've come as one of the great interpreters (laughs) brethren this thing is your life The devil now attacks money, trying to tell you that, hey, someone is trying to get your money from your pocket. But I know you have understanding. This thing is your life. When I got hold of the secret, I said, this is it. My, this is it. Listen, if a week or two passes and I've not given, I've, I know I've, I've done something wrong. Uh, something, it's not, something is wrong. I know something is wrong. Because I know that is my, that is my sustenance. <laughs> and you'll be shocked what God will do. And as you listen to me, I know you have been giving, but you see what I want you to do? Get to the next phase of your giving. Get there. The next phase of your giving. And you will smile. You'll be shocked. What God will do with your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I will never be poor. I
1: will never be poor.
0: I'm blessing my generation.
1: I'm blessing.
0: In every, in every way to
1: the glory
0: of God. The glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright, wow. so we call it seed sowing. So first, he calls our giving seed because of the life principle, life carrying element, life containing element. There's so much that giving can do. When the Lord told me, when you give, I will deliver you when the powers of darkness show up. Can you imagine? I was just, I was still a teenager. I didn't know, how can it be? Giving can even deliver you from the powers of darkness. Before I came to know that, God will even rebuild the devour for for our (laughs) sakes. You understand? (laughs) Hmm. All right. Secondly, given is it, called grace. Given is designated seed. The Bible calls it seed. Secondly, it is called grace. 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 All right. Now. In 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15, see what it says. 2nd Corinthians 9 15. Now thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gifts. Can you imagine? Now Paul has used two chapters to talk about money. 2nd Corinthians chapter the whole chapter. Can you imagine? The whole chapter about giving, chapter 8 and chapter 9. Then he concluded on his discourse of giving by saying, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. (laughs) Why? Because this is the greatest motivation for our giving. (laughs) Unspeakable gift. The word unspeakable actually means undescribable gift. Undescribable. The gift is beyond telling. (laughs) Thanks be to our God for the gift that is beyond telling. And this is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Listen, God the Father gave us the darling of heaven. Gave us his dearest treasure. Gave us Jesus. It cost him everything. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation. His righteousness, it has sustained him. So, God gave us his best, his dearest. And Apostle Paul saw that, ah, the Father giving us his best. It's our greatest motivation for giving. So he says, thanks be to God for that gift that is beyond telling. It is beyond telling. Unspeakable gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Then he said, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, he know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet he became poor, that he through his poverty might become what? Rich. Oh, glory, 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 glory. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, that ye might become rich. But he caused that grace. Ye you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He caused that grace. Listen, Jesus laid down his life. He It cost him everything for us. The Father gave us his son. The son gave us his life. These are our motivation for giving. The Father gave us his son. And the son gave us his life. The Father gave us his best. And The son gave us his life, his best. (laughs) Then Apostle Paul now said, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, (laughs) in all diligence, and in your love towards us, see that ye abound in this grace also. 2 Corinthians 8, I think verse 7. Can you imagine so he calls see that ye abound in this grace also. He calls it grace, he calls it grace. You know, grace, favor you cannot you don't deserve. You're giving, eh? It's actually grace. And The Bible calls it grace. Hmm. Now the father gave, the son gave, you are invited to give. He calls it grace. You know what he's saying? Why is it favor? So it's, it's almost like an invitation from the Godhead to share in common what the Father and the Son shares in common. Thank you, Jesus. What an invitation to express the God life. An invitation to express the divine life. To manifest the, the divine nature. That's how God is. So he calls it grace. Wow. Wow. Because when you lay down your money, you are laying down your life. Because your money forms a large percentage of you. As I said, your time, going to work every day, your strength, your education, everything, everything, Make up that money. You lay it down by laying down your life. Glory to God. And I've realized that Amy Kamikel says that you can love without giving, but you cannot give without loving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. That's what she said. Amy Kamikel. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Because that's the divine nature. He says, see that ye abound in this grace also. Now most of us are not abounding in this grace. We are abiding in this grace, but we are not abounding. And it is one thing to abide, another thing to abound. <laughs> John Wesley says that many Christians are abiding in the faith, but few are abounding. Abiding means that, oh, every day, I'm I'm giving I'm giving I'm participating in this grace oh after every Sunday I bring five cities to church offering from January to December every Sunday is five cities (laughs) you know you've done well you're abiding but we are called to abound and I'm amazed what Paul's mindset by the Holy Ghost he used the word abound I thought he would use pleonazo but he, he used pericio now pleonazo means increase increase in your giving but he didn't use that word he used hmm, peritio you know what it means it's like the waters of a broken dam (laughs) it's like a river that has overflown its banks and a little more on top of it that is how giving should be Three years ago, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, word for word he said, "Hmm, hallelujah." hallelujah, how many people are bound in giving, not just abide, not just increase, he said overflow. He told me, he said, the outburst of your giving will cause redemptive privileges. Word for word. Word for word. The outburst of your giving will cause redemptive privileges. So as I said the scripture, oh, outburst. When I began to understand this, I went and... (laughs) I was giving my offering in church. Someone said, "Is it is it a special seat?" I said, Oh, well, I'm sorry, it's not a special seat. It's my offering, Sunday offering." <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah, you have to you have to abound. Of course, begin from where you are and grow systematically, letter by letter. You get it. You see, God is not interested in your tips. Your tips dishonest God. Many people come to church and they tip God. Let, let me let me explain. Now, when I'm like when I come from Takradi and a policeman stopped us, the policeman stopped us. and When he came, he said, "Yes, sir. Something for your boy, sir. <laughs> hey, this is an elderly man, but asking for money. He has made him a boy, made himself a boy. Something for your boy, sir." <laughs> I was even like I was feeling some way, so I tipped him. 20 Ghana. Before then, the restaurant, when I, I traveled, the restaurant I was, when I was leaving, I was stepping the people, 50 Ghana, 50 Ghana, 50 Ghana. don't know why I was doing that. I, I had a Christian um, a preacher who, who lamented, he, she, he went to a certain restaurant, and the waiters were telling him that. Christians are people, of all those who come to give, especially on Sundays, those who, do, who don't tip at all are the Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christians never tip. <laughs> but the unbelievers are always tipping. So from that time, I, I made my, up my mind that, oh, wherever I go, I'll tip. <laughs> so I tip them. Can't imagine. This is 50, 50. Now, these are tips. When I come to the house of God, after having given the police 20 and the waiters 50, can I go give God 50? No, no. It's it's, it's it's dishonoring, it's an insult to God. I can't do that. Now everyone and how for instance you may give God one city or two city, the angels are happy. Wow. Another man may give God hundred ghana, the angels are frowning. Because they know what is left. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give those tips to God. I can't come in. So many people come to church and they tip God, they just put some leftover or something and they tip God. No, your life will also be full of tips. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Very important. So He called He calls it grace. Do you know that whenever you give something, the Father? When you give, you move, you move Him. That's his nature when you give, that is why even Cornelius, an unbeliever, gave. Heaven put it there as a memorial. There's a mem- memorial in heaven when we go to heaven. There are mem- memorials in heaven, It's stra- strategic places in heaven. When we go there, we will see, oh, this is Cornelius' memorial. Your giving is like, there are monuments in heaven, so I should I say sh- monuments, things like that, that signify some of your great givings on earth yeah so when they sent an and person oh this is what this guy did wow <laughs> you're <right>. it's <laughs> giving it's amazing so listen when Solomon gave a thousand bullocks hmm, God couldn't sit on his throne God couldn't stay on his throne God had to leave his throne and get to the guy in his room so, ah, what do you want nobody had done that before All those who sacrificed is just one block, one block. One block. (laughs) This guy just stood up thousand. The father left his throne and entered into his dream. (laughs) And gave him a plain check. Sign what he (laughs) wants. The next time he gave, he gave 22,000 blocks. Check the Bible. 22,000. He was abounding. Do you know where he learned it from? From his father? Yes. David. David was the Salah from building the, building the temple. Yes. But all the details in the temple, God showed him. And he made provision for the temple. And you read the Bible. You know how much he gave? The Bible records what David gave and what the rest of Israel gave.
1: <laughs>
0: David, what he gave was almost more than all what Israel gave. He alone. Yes. Now, scholars have calculated what David gave for the temple you know how much he gave with inflation what he gave they have calculated what he gave he gave 294 billion dollars billion he says i will not give unto the lord anything that does not cost me
1: that's
0: how he bought the threshing field uh, floor, floor of Arona.
1: the
0: man said the man saw the angel he said david you can take it he said no i will pay for it John Wesley said to give and not to count the cost. John Wesley. And that is what John D. Rockefeller read. Giving and not counting the cost. After having learned from the mother, the grandmom, he read from Wesley and he was provoked. That's how he began to give without counting the cost. And he became the wealthiest man ever after King Solomon. He read from Wesley. To give and not to count the cost. Hallelujah. Mokata (laughs) yande. Kare. Giving. Giving that something to God. Your giving is going to provoke God. Hallelujah. 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 What did I say? Hmm. Hmm. Listen. Remember that Elisha himself prophesied concerning the battle of Israel against the the Moabites. Make, make this valley full of dishes there were miracles and wonders yet they went to the battle and something happened Israel was winning until Mesha, the king of Moab took his only son that actually inherited the throne killed him after that there was indignation in Israel the battle just ended
1: <sighs>
0: all of a sudden they, now he sacrificed to Kamosh his god He didn't defeat the God of Israel. But it seems that the God of Israel had respect for this man on the basis of how far a man can go in desperation to offer his only begotten son to save his nation. (laughs) I have seen that giving is such a blessing. I wonder how a man can walk in selflessness without giving. I wonder how a man can walk in love without giving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's see 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always have an all sufficiency in all things may be able to abound to every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this verse is unique. I want you to mark the number of times you see the word all. All. Now it appears four times. God is able to make all grace. We have all grace here. Now you he always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to Every, that the word every is the same Greek word for all. is the same word. To all good work or every good work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word always means every time. That means that every time you are sufficient. The word sufficiency is a word for, you see, autarkia is a word for God being self-sufficient. God has no lack. <laughs> You'll be self-sufficient. You have no lack. It doesn't mean that you have money loaded in your bank account. But what it means is that before the need arises, there's supply (laughs) to meet the need before it comes. Because, you see, there's a response correspondence from your heavenly bank account. You've laid for yourself in store a good foundation against the time to come. (laughs) Do you know the reason why there are some people? Sometimes a need rises... And there's no supply. You go left, right, and nothing is coming. You know why? You lost or you missed an opportunity to give in the past. That is what is reflected in the present. Huh. Because the Bible says that when you give, you lay in store for yourself a good foundation against the time to come. Huh. So your are sowing today is a good foundation. So anytime I feel like, ah, The thing has not come. I know, I know, I missed an opportunity to give in the past. But when you fulfill everything, you you see? Because the scriptures cannot lie. And the good news is that you have all sufficiency. Now, let me show you what it means. You may abound unto every good work. So abundance is here. What does it mean, for instance, you go to the mall to shop? What does it mean to shop in abundance? Now, you can shop in insufficiency... Then you can shop in sufficiency. Then you can shop in abundance.
1: <laughs>
0: For instance, you go to the shop, the, the mall, to buy, to buy certain stuffs, and what you are buying is hundred Ghana. But you realize that what you have is ninety Ghana. Now you are shopping in insufficiency. <laughs> now you go to the mall, you you, you have hundred Ghana, and what you are buying is hundred Ghana. You are shopping in sufficiency. But you, you, you abound. The way there is abundance overflowing. When you go to the mall and um, what you are buying is 100 Ghana. But what you have is 500 Ghana. You are shopping in
1: abundance.
0: <laughs> and you see, when God does this, what comes to you is not for your selfish self interest. He says you will abound unto every good work. Every good work. Every good work. It enhances your ministry. Your ministry of giving and helping the needy. And blessing people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So giving is God's grace. Amazing. Now, giving is related to our love. Our love. Second Corinthians 8 verse 8. Our love. I speak not by commandment but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Now giving proves the sincerity of your love. The question is, Paul is saying that. Now someone can say, oh, I love you. I love you. I'm in love. I love God. I love God. Father, my heart is yours. I love you. Now Apostle Paul is saying that you prove how sincere your love is you, are, you prove how sincere, sincere your love is not by talking not by that many things you say but by your giving your giving to God actually proves how sincere how genuine your love you claim for him is so your love must be proved and to prove you say we love God we have to prove it Look at what he said. I speak not by commandment, we are not forcing you, but by reason of the occasion of the forwardness of others. You know what the word forwardness means? I'm writing you on the, on the basis of the dedication of others. I'm using the dedication of others to stir you up, to give. Read other version. It goes like, the dedication of others you know, the forwardness of others. Others are dedicated in giving, but I'm just using them to stir you up because you also have to prove how sincere your love is for God. So in this chapter, he used the Macedonian church (laughs) to stir them up because these guys, they were so poor. And the Bible says they were the only people the Bible described them to be in deep poverty. So deep poverty, they began to give. And they gave themselves to the Lord and to the apostles. And they gave and gave and gave and gave. And out of their poverty, and they gave with joy. The Bible says, the abundance of their joy. Can you imagine? And their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. They had nothing but they were joyful in giving Because of revelation, they were given, they were given. So he used them, actually, their dedication to stir up the Corinthians. You say you love God. Now, the Bible says that herein is love made perfect. Is that not so? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, how is love made perfect? How is love made perfect? Now, when you read 1 John 4, this is verse 17, but take time and read from verse 16 to 17. Now, what is perfect love? Perfect love. Perfect love, the word perfect is teleosis. teleosis. Now, which means to reach a goal to reach a goal to complete or to reach a goal literally this is how love reaches its goal let me give you an example you are a young man and you are in love with a lady you have loved the lady yeah, but the lady is never responding back you sleep you are dreaming about her you wake up you are dreaming dream about her you've dreamt how you are going to propose and propose to her You even dream about your wedding and the number of children you are going to have. You just love this lady. Your heart pants. like the deer panted after the water brooks. (laughs) You keep laughing, but there's no response. Then one day, the lady now turns and starts loving you back. You know what has happened? Your love for her has reached its goal. The goal of that love is to love her for her to love you back. That's ready to go. The Father has loved us. <laughs> the Father has loved us with all his love. When we respond to this love, so verse 16 tells us that, let's see 1 John 4 verse 16. We have known and believed the love which God has for us. You see, it's not enough. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. So first, we have known and believed the, the love God has for us. And God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. The next verse says, this is how love is made perfect. King James says, herein, in this, love is perfected. In this, love has reached its goal. Because he loved us, we have believed and known it, and we are responding. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And brethren, your love, your giving, proves your love. Paul said it. You love God, or you love Mammon. Where your treasure is, that's how your heart will be. Listen, if you love your spouse, you give to your spouse. If you love your spouse, people claim, "Oh, I love my wife so much." Do you give to her? Do you give to her? If you love your spouse, you give. (laughs) Love gives. You give. You give. You give give to her. (laughs) Very important. Oh, I love her. Not just in word, but in the... You love her, but is it sincere? If it had been sincere, you would have given. Where your heart is, is your heart with her. If your heart was with her, your treasure would have also been ministered to her. <laughs> I can f- find where your heart is by where your treasure is. You love God. Let's follow, let's see where, let's follow your money to see whether you love God. <laughs> yeah. When they say the bank has closed down, your money, your heart is melted. Because your heart is there. Why is your heart melting? Where your treasure is? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Now Jesus says that Now there's a spirit <laughs> There's a spirit in the world called mammon. Now Jesus says that you cannot love, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is not, it's not just money. It's a spirit in the world that enslaves and that dominates men so much that all that they have worship is money all the attraction is money money and you the believer Jesus says that now either you love God now you can't save these two masters now either you love one and despise the other there is no ground for neutrality you cannot love both God and mammon there's no ground for neutrality. Two things. He says that if you love one master, you will despise the other. So, what is Jesus saying? If you love God, you will despise Mammon. And if you love Mammon, you will despise God. Question Do you despise money? Do you despise money? That is why in the New Testament, money was put on the apostles' feet. Because that is where money belongs not on their head to rule over them, on their feet to have dominion over them, Do you despise money. What does it mean to despise money? It doesn't mean you take money and go like, I despise you, I despise you. (laughs) Money doesn't rule your heart. You give it. You it You it You give it out. 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 It doesn't rule you. It doesn't own you. You own it. You own it. Listen. In Colossians 3 verse 5, something is there. I want us to read it. Mortify, therefore, your members that are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, you see, you know what covetousness is? Worship of wealth. But one version says worship of wealth there are different Greek words one of them I taught it in the Alpha Church the spirit of the world become the spirit of the world that, that covetousness actually speaks of is the same word for the love of money the same Greek word for love of money love of money and it speaks of someone who has money and keeps it for himself and is unwilling to let go That is the covetousness in the Greek, <laughs> the love of money. You, you love it so much that what you give is nothing. You, you can give to others, but it doesn't move you. You cherish it, and you are unwilling to let go for the blessing of others. You hold on to it. The Bible calls it idolatry. Listen. Now, the Bible rates covetousness with fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection you are in a church and someone committed adultery fornication look at him wow, look. most churches will look at an adulterer or a fornicator some way but you are sitting by the person's side you have held on to your money you are not letting it go to bless the kingdom between you and the person God sees you as the same <laughs> in fact holding on to your money and not letting it go the Bible calls it idolatry <laughs> Self worship, worship of money, idolatry. So now you are despising God if you hold on to the money because it says that there's no point ground for neutrality, you either you love one and despise the other. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Many have not known the wonders of this life, you see. Oh, Makobashak de Kazish in Nanana. Listen, hmm. There's a realm where, hallelujah, hallelujah. People are wondering, oh, so what about if I give? Will it come? God is not a man that he should lie. By this time, you should, you should pass that realm where you are thinking whether it will come. He cannot fail. You need to live in that realm. Covenant practice. Oh hallelujah. We, we are not supposed to work as men where all our hopes is in the monthly salary. When is it coming? A doctor told me that for, for how many months? Six months or so. their money hasn't come. So what are you going to do? I said, what is happening to this nation? <laughs> These people are very important they are dealing with the human body. So. <laughs> Out of hunger, they begin to mishandle you
1: anyhow. What will happen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> My brethren, we belong to a different country. A different country. I'm telling you. And the principles that operate in that country is different. I want all of us to tap into this room where, hmm, we have God's God's supply, endless supply. It's coming. It's coming. It takes addiction and consistency. No one is deceiving you. The devil is not depriving you from this, the wonders of this marvelous life. The wonders of this beautiful life. Hmm. Where you look to God. In Egypt, <laughs> I said, in Egypt, you know how they do irrigation? How they water their farms? By looking down, using you their foot to irrigate the farm. It, it doesn't rain in Egypt. Rain is scarce in Egypt. So when they were leaving to the promised land, he says that the land you are going, you don't need your foot for irrigation. Foot speaks of human strength, and you pump water from River Nile. Nile is always there, signifying natural resources. Always you go and take from the Nile, and you pump by the foot. But where you are going, the land drinks from the drinks the rain of heaven. Where you are going, there are no rivers. You only have to look up for your supply, which is better. Always seen Nile, which is there, natural resources, bank account, what is there. But God says, I'm bringing you to a place where you'll have to depend on me for the rain. God is satisfied, satisfied when we depend on him. Because that is the life. Because, listen, he is more trustworthy than that your employer. If you had been consistent, you would have seen lot, the hand of God. Right? This, is, this is too good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright. Then giving so, so you know what giving does? Giving <laughs> completes and establishes your righteousness. What's a point? Yeah. Giving establishes your righteousness. In fact, giving is even called righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine as it is written he has dispersed abroad he has given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever the next verse verse ten. now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown, and increase increase the fruits of your righteousness psalm 102 psalm 112 verse 9. as it is written is quoted from psalm 112 verse 9 he has dispersed. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His righteousness is established. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Given will exalt your horn, your horn with honor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what giving does? His righteousness remains forever. His righteousness endures. It's established forever. Now, righteousness is so dynam- dynamic in, in the scriptures, it's amazing. First of all, the Bible tells us that we are the righteousness of God. Is that not so? You know what it means. If a man goes to the father and asks the father, Lord, can you show me your righteousness? Then he calls Pastor T and says that this is my righteousness. And the Bible says, You are the righteousness of God. Say, This is my righteousness. Pastor T is a sample of God's righteousness it's an example of God's righteousness why he is a living proof that God has done something right (laughs) so he justifies God he is God's righteousness God has done something right in history by justifying men because the exact payment was paid for his death he has done something right so you, you are a sample of the right he has done, you are his righteousness There's a legal explanation. There's a legal imputation of righteousness. There's a vital impartation of righteousness. Now the legal aspect of righteousness is that we have been justified before God, legally. Justified, just as if you have never sinned before God. Yet, there's also the vital impartation of righteousness. Righteousness is also imparted to us as a nature. That's what the Bible says, we are the trees of righteousness. In Psalm Isaiah 61, verse 3, the Bible calls us trees of righteousness. Why? That is why in the New Testament, the Bible says we bring forth the fruit of righteousness. Every tree is known by its fruits. So if you bring the fruit of righteousness, that means you are a tree of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you see God's nature. Righteousness is actually God's nature. That's how God is. That's how God is. God, When God imparted that vital impartation of righteousness, that was God's nature. Righteousness. Now, when you begin to live out your tree of righteousness, when you begin, to, you begin to live out this righteousness, to express it and to manifest it That deed is established. So God has made you, you are. But it is established when you express it. (laughs) The tree of righteousness now brings forth fruits of righteousness. Now, before God's eyes, of course, you are justified. But men also attest that true, you have been justified. They see the works of righteousness, they see the fruits. So it is established, it is endorsed, it is sealed. And the Bible says that what the means of having this deed done is by your giving. (laughs) So as you give, then God begins to multiply the fruit of your righteousness. The fruit of your right standing with God. That means if you are rightly standing with God, the fruit, one of it is manifested in giving to others. Because what God does is that he's a giver. He's always giving. (laughs) Giving is very spiritual. It's very spiritual. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God starts multiplying the fruit of your righteousness, you know what it means? (laughs) If you are feeding feeding one family this year, by the next year you start feeding two families. By the following year you start feeding five families. Before you realize in 10 years you are feeding 40 families, you know how to start. The moment you start giving, you know, it's like a magnet. All of a sudden, people will start calling you with their needs. You are stepping into a certain a new phase of ministry. And the needs will overwhelm you. It's more than you have. Because whatever God is doing, He does it more. Because it is His ability, not your ability. You get to a place where the needs are more than what you can provide. So you, need, you, you have to lean on him and engage more in covenant practice for multi- the multiplication of the fruit of your righteousness, for the supply for... The <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but if you don't take time, you go like, why, why? These people cry, they are troubling me. Trou- trouble, trouble. It's not trouble, it's blessing, blessing, blessing. It's not trouble, it's blessing, blessing, blessing. That's how it is. Yeah, hallelujah. hallelujah and as you seek to bless these people seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things in the Greek all these things will be drawn to you like a magnet that's the Greek a metal does not struggle to attract a magnet. <laughs> As you seek the welfare of others, these blessings will start hunting you down. Yesterday in the evening, a woman called me and said, my family, we have nothing. Weeping, crying, telling me all the challenges they've passed through. Please, I know I'm worrying you. I said, Mama, I already planned before you called. Actually, I had planned before she called. It's a privilege for me. (laughs) It's a privilege for me. Don't cry. (laughs) Uh It's the work of God. That's why we are here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to make someone smile. uh, Put smiles. These are relevance in this life. Listen, if you don't walk in this realm, there are many things God seeks to to do with you. You He he may be limited to do those things with you. Because you are limiting him. Uh Giving is one thing that will prove your selflessness. Will check whether you are selfless or not. Giving. Because you have to let go sometimes at your own expense because of love. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because of love. Thank you, Lord. I want you to notice that God is very meticulous in what he does. Every giving you give is recorded in heaven. Whether to the poor or to the rich, whatever giving it is, it's recorded. <laughs> so understand that every giving you give, though the blessing is on earth, the reward is in heaven. Every single giving. For instance, let me show you a proof in the Bible. In number seven, 12 princes of Israel gave unto God. Now, one prince will give a whole list of things, a lot. The second prince will give this. Give the, all the princes. Give the same thing. Listen. God is economical in writing the Bible. God doesn't waste peace. God doesn't waste peace. But I'm amazed that listen, the Bible could have said. The Bible could have said, all the twelve princes gave this, and itemize all so many things, itemize all of them. The Bible could have said all the twelve princes gave this. But I read the message seven. It seems quite boring. It tells us what the first prince gave. They mention the name of the second prince and list the same thing 12 times. Why? Uh, so I'm wondering, why don't you save space and say that the 12 princes, they gave the same thing and just write to them? You know why that is written? God wants us to know that he pays particular attention to each of us, what we give. And what each of us give is thoroughly recorded. Every giving Sunday service is recorded. Every all the tipping you have been tipping God is recorded. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Hmm, it's recorded. He carefully records everything we offer him. Carefully. Even identical offerings, he doesn't jam them together. He's separates them. <laughs> because actually, actually, Philippians 4.15, now ye Philippians, know this also, that in the beginning of the gospel, you know, in the beginning of the gospel, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. <laughs> Amazing, the word receiving there, it's not the word for receiving. Lepsis is the word for Receipt giving and receipting giving and receipting it's not a word for receive receipting, the instant you give heaven offers an official receipt <laughs> I'm telling you, you have the official receipt from heaven for every giving you give I, I, I said some time ago there are some people they claim they call for finances. They call now when it comes to finance, money. Now, when it comes to money, re- receiving now, declaration is powerful. Declaration of faith is not alone when it comes to now. You can declare faith, you can declare for healing and so many things. But when it comes to finances, your declaration doesn't stand alone, it goes side by side with your giving. <laughs>
1: That's how it works.
0: When it comes to finances, that's how it works. So what happens is that you can be declaring, but you know in heaven you have an account. Philippians 4.17, you have an account in heaven. Not that I desire a gift, but fruit that may abound onto your account. So your account in heaven has run dry. So when you make a demand, nothing is happening. (laughs) But you see, if you have the official receipt and you go to a bank to cash out some amount, and they tell you, oh, you have no money here. Your receipt is an evidence. Then they tell you, go like, oh, we are sorry. Then they'll bring you the money. Brethren, anytime you give, you have an official receipt from heaven. That gives you the power to claim what you want at the right time without any failure from heaven's delivery account. Yeah, you know why Paul said this? In, in, in Rome at that time, prisoners had personal accounts. So what happens is that if the prisoner is going to be released, the, those who love the prisoner will come and deposit a kind of amount for the prisoner in hope that when the prisoner is released, the prisoner will have a lot to cater for himself. So these Philippians, that's what they were doing. They went to Rome by the hand of Epaphroditus, gave Paul a lot, sending money and sending so many things. Because by that act, they had hoped that Paul was coming out of prison. And having added to Paul's account, Paul now says that, ah, God was also adding to their heavenly account. Hallelujah. Listen. So then, every one of us will give account of himself to God. And there are different words for accountant. Sometimes the word is the word is logos, but another time to this, another word that is used, logizomai. Huh. We we'll give our account verbally to our, concerning ourselves to God. But the word accountant, one of the words, deals with financial matters in the Greek. So in the Greek, it it, 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 it the phrase is financial, financial accountant. So when we stand before the Lord, one of the things we'll give account is financial accounting Before God. Financial accounting. So you give account how your money was used. <laughs> you know what Jesus called money? In Luke 16, he called money that which is least. If you have not been faithful in that which is least. He costs money, look at the context, that which is least. So, and you have not been able to take care of that which is another man, Who will commit to you your, your own. So money, money qualifies you for ministry. Well, someone would think it's blasphemy, but Jesus said it. If therefore you have not been faithful in the amount of unrighteousness, who will commit unto you the true riches? When I got to know this verse, I know that, hey, for God to qualify me to the next phase of my ministry, how I use my money is very important. The Lord spoke to me one day to do financial management. I didn't understand, so I went for a retreat to pray, and understanding came. So when it comes to my finances, it's is recorded. Recorded. Offerings. What? <laughs> my in laws, my parents, in laws, everything. Perfect management. Hallelujah. But I know what will cause the supplies to come, so I concentrate there. <laughs> <laughs> offerings, increasing your offer, offerings, seed sowing, and you begin to give everywhere. And you are self-sufficient, there is no lack anywhere, you are full of smiles. So sometimes we can give everything, we are wondering, ah, so what will we do tomorrow? We have passed that kind of life, what will we do tomorrow? Listen, my wife knows this kind of life so much that she doesn't care the least bit because she has seen the fruit of faith so many times. Ah, she doesn't even care. Ah, we, we, hallelujah. You need to live that kind of life. Enjoying God's abundance, just enjoying, hallelujah. Sometimes money comes to me and I'm wondering, what am I going to do with this? What, what, what? what? Because the mind, hmm, you see, it comes and goes, it comes and goes. Oh, oh, there's nothing. Ha, <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your life is a blessing. God will be able to look at you and trust you. Because he knows that when he commits his man into your hands, you, you use it wisely. Hallelujah. May God enlarge you, your territory, in the name of Jesus. Above all, may you have lights greater light, the flooding of lights in this area of your life. May you never fail. May you not grow weary in well doing. For you will reap in due season if you faint not. The Shabbat said when he began giving for the first three years he wasn't seeing results. Yes. As if if he was was wasting his money. He said after three years there was (laughs) something break forth. Something broke forth. Then abundance began to come. So there is seed time, but there is no harvest time. The Bible said seed time and harvest. So the harvest can either be immediate or later. You consider giving your seed. You can sow in such a manner that now there is no seed time and there is no harvest. The seed is going and the harvest is coming because you have been sowing. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's a wonderful life now you don't even consider again the harvest you, you, it becomes a beautiful life and this thing will cause you to live the faith life always looking to him trusting him Hallelujah! it's nice yeah. there are some things we don't pray for it pray for money you don't need to pray for money just abide by the principles in scripture yeah and it to be done hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to pray that you have this light. There was a time in my life, I thought I I understood giving. But I realized that what I had was information and not revelation. If it is revelation, it will will grip your very soul. (laughs) It will become your life. (laughs) Now begin to pray that Father grant me light. The breaking forth of light. I'll begin to walk in this realm of life she dole side karakata nish ekazish 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 Namine ni ingorak teka vasanje shali engazash engadash ala grant us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him dole ekavaka dede Everyone listening, blessed Father, according to the riches of your glory, Father of glory, grant us the breaking forth of light, shed forth your light in abundance, that we may see, your unspeakable gift, that gift that is beyond telling, that gift that is indescribable, which is our highest motivation for giving. Ola oh, rama shakha ye kole khadel yeah. sush engalagaga sa, yeah. yeah. ga, 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 ga yeah. sache kadam aden ye kazish ingal kazish fe gamazole 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 shabale kazish ingada kadish ingadish yeah. shabale kazish ingade kamazano yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive plan from heaven for your finances. Receive plan for your financial management. Receive it. Receive it from the Lord. Plan for your financial management. Plan to begin where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter. You can begin from where you are. You may have one city, you can begin there. God is faithful. You have nothing, you can begin there. Wisdom, heaven's blueprint, heaven's blueprint, heaven's pattern, receive it right there in your spirit. Financial management, biblical principles of economy, biblical principles of economy enter into God's economy in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus thank you father thank you father thank you father, thank you, father. Thank you, father. We, uh, we baptize you to become an addicted and a consistent giver oh baka 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 I am glad of the coming of Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. For that which was lacking on our part, they have supplied. They have refreshed my spirit also and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are. Paul spoke of them and said, they addicted themselves to the ministry. When it comes to ministry, you need addiction. When it comes to giving, you need addiction to be addicted. The Bible calls giving the fellowship of the saints. The ministry of the fellowship of the saints. That's what the Bible calls given in Second Corinthians nine. The ministry of the fellowship of the saints. Makota. The Bible says, "Whilst by this experiment." You see, you reveal your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ. The Bible says that by your giving, you are unveiling that you are submitted, su- you are submitted or subjected to the gospel of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Your giving reveals your submission to the gospel. Your giving to the saints speaks of your fellowship for the saints. Oh, Mama Shika Father, thank you for counting us worthy by your grace to partake of this grace. To share in common what the Father and the Son shares in common. To partake of the divine life and to express the divine nature. To give and not to count the cost. And to love in sincerity. Everyone under the sound of my voice receive that addiction. Be baptized into this reality, into this, this realm of life. By light and by revelation. We will give and not to count the cost. Thank you, Father. We are abounding in this grace. We are breaking forth in this grace. Where we have been walking, we are running. And where we have been running, we are flying. With all joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you for making us partners in this ministry. To so be your glory, praise and honor forever. Thank you, Father. To him be glory. In the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations and age of the ages thank you father in Jesus name the Son of God. Amen. 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 God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your
1: heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast
0: app. Plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.